So this is episode number five. Wow, we made it to five of the Sleepest Podcast. This is the very first hostful episode of just Vlad and Josh bantering and reviewing away some of the greatest sleep products on the market. Welcome, Mr. Josh. How are you today? I'm excellent. How are you? Good. You sound a little bit sleepy. Is it past your bedtime? It is my bedtime right now, and you are interrupting my bedtime. The sacrifices this man will make for for a greater global sleep paradigm. I don't know. What I, I am said. losing sleep over getting everyone else better sleep. You sir are a hero. The purpose of this episode, I think, every once in a while, we're going to take a break. From the interviews, from the deep science, from the deep dives with some of these doctors and PhDs and deep thinkers in sleep. And it'll be our opportunity just to talk and to review some of the stuff that we're playing with in the world of sleep. So high level, Josh, what have you what has been going on other than the product that you'll be reviewing today? Have have you been sleeping well? Um, I haven't been sleeping great. Um, not I would say compared to my lifetime of, of of sleep i'd rate it on an on an average scale so i'm probably getting like four of the four to five hours of sleep lately uh i'm actually looking to buy a new mattress because uh my mattress is starting to sag in the middle and when i wake up my back hurts usually a sign that you do need to buy a new mattress so you're buying a new mattress and when are you getting that mattress and what is that mattress that you're buying so I've I've scoured the the interwebs for mattress reviews and I think I believe I've landed on getting a wink bed. Okay, what is the value add with the wink bed? So I found it's got a, it's it's got some of the benefits of having a coil mattress but also some of the benefits that you get from foam mattresses. So usually coil mattresses when your partner moves around, you feel it as well. So this has this has uh, movement isolation, so you don't, or at least they claim to, so you don't feel that your partner's movements. Uh, but at the same time, it, with foam mattresses, you often run into the problem of it starting to sink over time. Uh, and with these with these mattresses, although they have you know hundred day return guarantees it might not start sinking till day 200 so <laughs> so i'm i'm opting for opting for the spring mattress it's got nice cooling feature like it's it's reviewed to be really good at uh transporting your body heat away from you so it keeps the mattress cool and actually they had a feature that they apparently discontinued where you can get the a base that is temperature controlled so it kind of works with these tubes that go into the mattress and can blow either hot or cold air into the oh, mattress. Cool. But but that was discontinued, so I'm not gonna. Well, that's mildly disappointing. When are you getting the mattress? I'm gonna place an order, I believe, this week. Um, because it's a spring mattress, it doesn't come in like a nice packed box. It comes full size, so uh, I believe it will take two weeks to deliver. So probably have it like beginning of the month or end of the month this month do you want to jump into the reviews is there anything else going on in the world of sleep anything you've come across articles posts 
I, uh, I've been not getting great sleep lately, so I've been not, I've sort of fallen off my sleep wagon and I got to get back on. What is triggering that? Is it because you're doing it inconsistently, waking up at different times or something else is going on? I think it's a combination of the mattress uh, and not not being comfortable. And then um, also uh, been using my phone past the normal cutoff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who do you think you are? What's going on there? Well, right now I'm using my phone to do this podcast. That's true. And it's 9.09 p.m. It is well past your bedtime. So why are you using your phone uh, in bed? No, I still don't use my phone in bed. But you're just staying up later on your phone. I'm just not like putting my phone down at eight. Got it. What is it? Is it just because you've let yourself let yourself go like an alcoholic? Yeah, I think I just slipped for a couple days and then then I fell back into old habits. And I think also with the pending job change and all of that. I kind of my mental load was too high. It's a lot going on. A lot going on. I have a huge win. Huge win. I'm super excited about. So Stephanie, my girlfriend, I've managed for the last two weeks. Hold on to your hat, Josh. I managed to get her to stop snoozing. And it's like a new person. It's a me I don't know how I pulled it off. You mean like with the setting the alarm? earlier than she's supposed to and yeah. then hitting snooze and then hitting the snooze button 10 times over 10 probably yeah. for, for a straight how did hour you, how'd you get her to stop you know there was something really important she had to wake up for that morning when she's like please just make sure you get me out of bed and it was like 6 a.m so i made sure to get her out of bed she was not a fan of me that that morning but about five minutes later i'm like think about this you feel so much better now that you didn't sleep this morning and she's like you know, I kind of do. And then the next day came and she actually had to get up early again. And I forced her awake, but she was a lot more receptive to getting up and out of bed. And then it's just, I kept it going every day since then. And she's been pretty okay with peeling herself out of bed. The first two minutes are terrible, but you don't let your body and your brain go back into that sleep state and have that awful disrupted sleep pattern that snoozing causes. So now can you take it the next step? to say that because it's so hard to get up that she probably needs to go to sleep earlier that's the goal i think we're you know she's pretty good about going to sleep at a reasonable time but it can always get better than that yeah i guess the next step is for both of us to try to get sleep studies even though neither of us seems to have uh sleep apnea there's still peace of mind that comes with having done a proper study but i guess i'll stephanie yeah, for, for, for both of us. I think if, if you are unsure, what was that, the, the episode with Jeremy Andre? Yeah. Where he said, if you think you might have a sleep-breathing disorder, you probably have a sleep-breathing disorder. So, you know, I have some signs and symptoms. I Mouth-breathing and all of that and, and ridges on the tongue, which is actually one of the signs of a, a crowding in the mouth where the tongue doesn't fit, which means it's falling to the back of the throat, which means you might be suffocating in your sleep. So there's these little signs that I, I might have some form of a sleep breathing disorder so it would be just give the peace of mind to check it out yeah you should check it out you probably have mild sleep apnea. yeah 
but I, I have been using the go to sleep and it has not shown any indications of of sleep apnea but that will be a review for a future episode however for this episode i want to start i guess i'll do the first product actually it's two products that i want to begin with and i am going to review the two sets of blue blockers that i use um do you know what blue blockers are josh yeah i remember years ago as a kid i would be up late at night watching tv and then the commercial would come on about the blue blocker glass oh yeah the, that was and the eagle you, eye you can drop you can drive at night wearing them and and you were actually able to see more clearly um but i don't believe that's why you're using them no i'm not so the theory with blue blockers is that light helps to control your body's biological clock the circadian rhythm so the idea is that by blocking blue lights which naturally occur during only during daylight coming from the sunlight and in our artificially lit world so by blocking those blue lights you're signaling to your to your body that it's time for bed and then it helps to trigger internal melatonin release and it starts putting your organs right. into that sleep state so, so that's I've the theory heard, i've heard a f about a few recent studies that contradict that or maybe not contradict it but at least call into question how accurate that is what melatonin no not melatonin but the, <laughs> does but melatonin blue, exist blue i believe that is confirmed but uh more of the blue the whole blue light theory so uh one study in particular that i'm referring to and i, I didn't read the details so so it could be so you read the headlines <laughs> but i i read the clickbait and <laughs> it it said that recent studies show that it, blue light or not necessarily blue light but using devices before bedtime doesn't necessarily doesn't affect children's sleep so specifically about children but saying that their sleep is not impacted by using devices before bed yeah i'd like to read that i'm a little bit when it comes to stuff like that with technology especially with kids i i, I think there's probably a better path to take which is to be safer and i think there's a lot of irresponsible parents who are just cool with their kids being on cell phones at all hours of the day and there's probably just at the very least a bad habit that that would build so let's not give that parents more permission to be worse parents who are you calling a bad parent talk to i don't me know you, talk to me when you have kids <laughs> i will be an amazing dad you'll see yeah I'm going to have my little little Thor running around wearing his blue blocker glasses. <laughs> okay. So, uh, all right, jump into the blue blockers. So the first pair that I want to talk about is by a company called Gunnar Optics. They're the Vertex computer glasses. They sell, you can buy, an, buy them on Amazon for about 50 bucks. What I love about these is they look really good. Relative on the scale, like the thing about blue blockers is they tend to look pretty terrible. When you're wearing a pair of blue blockers, you look like somebody who has um, absolutely no sense of style and somebody who is on the far end of the nerd spectrum. So if you're trying to go out in public, probably not the best look to be doing it in, in blue blockers. But this pair, actually, it was recommended, I think, in uh, Tim Ferriss' newsletter. And he said that he saw Dr. Peter Atia. Both of them have great podcasts. He said he saw Dr. Peter, Peter Atia wearing these glasses. Now, they're great in the sense of 
Um, they look fine. They look fantastic. But the amber lens itself is not very, uh, it's not quite as red as you would typically see in a pair of blue blockers. And I'm actually wearing them right now. And they don't seem to filter out as much of that blue spectrum as some of the other pairs out there. So on the one hand, they look good. And if I'm going out in public or if I'm going out to a restaurant at night or if I'm sleeping out or at a hotel, I typically travel with these. They still do a great job blocking fl uh, flares from cars and LED lights, and they do seem to filter some of the blue light, but they're not, they don't give you that level of protection and coverage that I think I would like from a, a pair of blue blockers. However, again, for 50 bucks, something that actually looks pretty decent and stylish, I, you can't argue with that. So that's the first pair. Um, the second pair that I'm looking at, and we're going to link to all of these in the show notes with a nice affiliate link so that you can shop and send us a couple of shekels in the process. But the second pair I'm looking at is uh, the Biorhythm Safe Nighttime Glasses. Now, these look as nerdy as it gets. It is a deep amber lens. They look ridiculous. They look like something like a skier goggle meets in a piece of amber. I don't even know how to describe them, but they look pretty ridiculous. However, when I'm home alone at night, this is the pair that I'll be wearing before bed. They they definitely, it looks cool when you wear them. It takes a little bit of getting used to because the whole world just has this red hue to it. It's a fascinating experience, but once you put them on, you feel kind of like a superhero. It seems to do the trick for me. So I got a question for you. Yeah. Do they make blue blocker contacts? No, I think you just stumbled on your next big business idea, sir. One thing I will say about blue blockers is, again, it might be controversial. To my mind, I'm not sure if it's placebo or not, but there does seem to be a correlation between the light sensors in your eyes and the signals that that sends to the rest of your body and organs. It just makes sense that we get that we because we as a species sleep at night that evolutionarily we would take the light cues to tell us, hey, it's time for bed. So I'd like to see your articles. I'd like to see your studies. I appreciate that you brought them up, and I'll certainly link them in the show notes, but I feel like it's not, that there is some validity to the claim that blue, artificial blue light does disrupt our circadian rhythm. But why just blue light? Well, blue light is, that's the spectrum of light that you tend to find in direct sunlight, and you don't tend to find it at nighttime naturally, in nature that is, versus amber light, which is what you would see in something like uh, a fire. To the human eye, whatever light we would have had would have probably come from burning embers or a fire. So what about Eskimos? What about Eskimos? Well, they live in, they live in a place where half the year they have sunlight all day oh um yeah and i think that we see some of the and it would be interesting because i know there's a lot of studies out there that's a good good follow-up because i do remember reading about that where people who go into into the far northern regions where you do have extended daylight it really it, it does have health ramifications and i actually think some of the Studies that are done on like cancer and and um, extensive exposure to blue light do uh, are done in those areas where you have that constant nighttime or constant daytime. So that'll be a, an interesting thing to explore in a future episode. Cool. So the only thing I will say about blue blockers is, again, because your body works on a rhythm, um, the last piece on that is you probably want to wear them at consistent times. So if you're always putting them on two hours before bed, 
and bedtime is let's say 10 p.m always make sure you get them on at 8 p.m so you have to condition your body to consistently get that rhythmic exposure so that over time you get into this rhythm and and uh, hopefully it'll start releasing the melatonin and doing all that good sleep stuff to get you uh, into a good deep so what do you think is more important the biological or not the biological but the the natural triggers of say light or or let me say external triggers mm-hmm. like light uh that you know you could argue we've evolved to to follow the circadian rhythm of daylight and and, and uh, nighttime or it could be more the routine and the signals that a routine generates. So let's say, for example, to to take an extreme case, that one lived in dark, but always right before they went to sleep, they turned on the lights. Would that make the light become a trigger for sleep? So you're saying that that because you've conditioned it, light becomes a trigger for sleep? Yeah, so like, you know how like if you're a writer, you may always play the same song and sit sit at the same desk every time you sit down to write so that you create this trigger effect that tells your brain it's time to write so by the same extension you could say that you know because we grow up in 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 a world where we go to sleep at night we have let's let's say that it's not even an evolutionary trick it's just the fact of growing up in in a world where we go to sleep at night that your body is triggered by going by it being nighttime and that if you were to flip flip that and sleep during the day in in a lighted condition but then be in the dark the rest of the time would you flip your circadian rhythm so i i see what you're saying because there is a value in conditioning your body to do certain things and you could probably condition it to to live through pretty extreme conditions but i think in this case you're fighting against your biology and that biology is that light usually means daytime daytime means awake time and i think that's one of the problems that you also have with shift workers is that because they're trying to go to sleep during the daytime it's very hard to black out a room so that might be contributing to some of the um health uh defects or the health issues that we're seeing with shift workers because they're working at night and then they're trying to sleep during the day and it's during that daylight sleep hours right. that they're going to be could, so you could make the argument that it's it's because of the light but you could also make the argument that it's because the rest of their society is going to sleep at nighttime and so that it encroaches on their sleep that their family or their friends or whoever else is only available to hang out during hours that they would want to be sleeping so this so there's a lot of factors that dictate you going to sleep at night as a more natural component that don't necessarily have to be evolutionary what i love about what you're doing right now is it shows just how brutally complex sleep is that there's really no magic pill and to your point yeah wearing blue blockers is great but there's a lot of stuff that you got to look at that encroaches on what quality sleep would mean. And some of it is mindset. Some of it is patterns. Some of it is, yeah, to your point, it's just conditioning. And there's a lot of stuff that we just don't know. And then there's the individual variance between people where one thing would work great for somebody and wouldn't do anything for someone else. I would love to get back to this conversation. I will 
do research to see if there are uh, a lot of studies on the actual direct correlation between light and sleep and light and the release of uh, melatonin. So I will make sure and link that in the, uh, in the show notes. So Josh, jumping to you, uh, what do you want to talk about? Is there any product or, or thing that you've been playing with in the sleep realm? So I, the one thing I have played with a little bit is tart cherry juice. I got into this because I, you know, I was reading on nutrition that's helpful for sleep. And one of the things that came up was to, to drink tart cherry juice. Uh, and the idea behind it was it, it has natural melatonin in it or, or a precursor, I, I forget. But in any case, it, it's supposed to trigger melatonin uh, production. And I've used I've used it quite a few times now, and and I have to say when I when I have drank a glass before bed, that I feel like it's helped me sleep better, um, and go up, fall asleep quicker. And they they actually recommend you drink a glass in the morning and a glass at night. My main hesitation with with taking this on as a as a a full course uh, for a sleep remedy is that tart cherry juice is also quite high in sugar mm-hmm. and when you and obviously when you're drinking in juice form you're not getting the fiber and the other benefits of eating of eating the fruit so you're just getting a shit ton of sugar so it's a question of what you know would is it worth drinking 70 grams of sugar by drinking two glasses of cherry juice a day to get better sleep so i, well, I think from my experience so far, it is an effective uh, aid in sleep. But the question is, is it worth taking in the high sugar content? Is there, are there alternatives that would not require you to drink as much sugar? I think that's a good question. And I'll actually flip it and say, if you're doing it strictly for the melatonin, would you consider taking a melatonin supplement? So I have taken melatonin supplements. And I, mm-hmm. I don't find them to be that effective. Um, I, the cherry juice, I feel like, has been so far consistently effective when I've had a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, where I've taken melatonin pills and I've tried various brands and I, I've done my research on like which ones are the most efficacious. Uh, and I've, I've had spotty results. It's, it, it's not really been shown to me, at least, to be effective. Well, it's interesting because I was reading one study on the effects of tart cherry juice, and the theory is that it might not actually be the melatonin that's giving the benefits from the tart cherry juice, that there might be um, the the skin in cherries itself is very high in polyphenols, and it has anti-inflammatory effects, but it also has tryptophan uh, uh, inhibiting effects where it essentially slows down the digestion of tryptophan in your body, which increases the serotonin levels in your brain. So effectively it has other pathways that it triggers in your brain and your body that say, Hey, it's time for bed. And that might be what's giving you that longer, better quality sleep, probably in conjunction with the melatonin. Well, and this, I think goes back to the point you just, you just made a little while ago about the complexity of all these things. And, and in reality, like the science behind it is is very limited in scope, meaning like we can see if something's effective, but it's very difficult to isolate the reason something's effective. Because I mean, to your point, why doesn't a melatonin pill work? But 
cherry juice works. And so maybe, you know, it could be a combination of, of the different ingredients together. It could be so many different factors. And, and it's always hard to kind of isolate why things work. And then maybe it doesn't work for everybody. Maybe if you drink ter- cherry juice, it wouldn't work for you. Well, it's interesting. After this conversation, I'm actually going to go and, and maybe try it. Uh, I am a little concerned with the sugar content. That is not something I'm a fan of, especially yeah. right before bed. But there's nothing more important than sleep. So if that means taking a little bit more sugar and I have to prick my finger and see what my blood sugar is before bed, then, mm-hmm. then maybe that's what's worth doing. So um, the one thing I would recommend if you want to try it is um, be make sure you check the ingredients when you buy the cherry because most of the tart cherry juice that I found is not pure tart cherry juice. It's usually like mixed with apple juice or some other fruit juices. No, oh, um, the conspiracy comes out. And it's or and it's usually from concentrate as well. I did find one at Whole Foods that it, it's actually labeled pure tart cherry juice and it is it's not from concentrate and it's only got tart cherry juice in it. So that's been the one that I've been using. The last product for me that I want to review is, again, I love simplifying the sleep process. Instead of adding more things and gadgets and technologies, what are the most basic steps that we can take? And actually, I wrote a blog post yesterday on my personal blog, vlidit.com, subtle promotion, subtle flex. And on my blog, I was talking about the number one philosophy in my own self-improvement journey is this question of who am I kidding? So I can spend $1,000 on gadgets and supplements and devices to improve my sleep, but is there some really fundamental thing that I'm missing? And that thing for a while I realized was that it doesn't matter how much money I spend on sleep. If the room is not dust-free, then I'm not going to be sleeping very well. To, to get rid of that dust, I went through a whole bunch of different products. I went through um the swiffer dusters i went through every dusting mop and and broom and every duster on the planet that i could find including the feathery ones and basically all they do is shuffle dust around if you want to get rid of dust you need a vacuum cleaner not just a vacuum cleaner you need a hepa vac and the hepa is the filtration module that's inside of the vacuum cleaner that helps capture the dust so that the vacuum cleaner is not shooting that same dust right back out the other side so, now, is, do you know if is a Dyson HEPA filtered? So the Dyson VAC, there are both models. The slightly cheaper ones are not HEPA filtered, but when you go out, it does have a HEPA filter in it. Yeah, listen, I love that Dyson. It's one of my dream uh, purchases. But for the time being, I still want to be a little bit mindful of budget. So the vacuum cleaner is the Von House uh, two-in-one corded lightweight stick vacuum. It is all of $40 on Amazon. It is super small, very lightweight, and it has a, a HEPA filter, which is the critical piece. I love it. It has a collapsible and expandable handle, and you can switch between a roller and a nozzle on the bottom so you can really get into those crevices, especially around the mattress and uh under the bed and at the same time you can vacuum the floor the curtains the uh really every everything and it's such a great little vacuum cleaner and it's probably the best 40 bucks i've ever spent so when you talk about investing in your sleep again it starts with breathing and and, and breathing well one of the most impactful things you could do is to try to uh, make sure that there's no dust in your room especially here living in new york city where the dust levels are outrageous. So that's probably my 
Number one recommendation of this week, at least, is the Von House vacuum cleaner. It's only $40, and I'm a huge fan of it. Right. I just looked up to confirm that the most of all of the recent Dyson models are have a sealed HEPA filter, including the V6. Excellent. And the, one of the points they make in here is to make sure that not only is your vacuum a HEPA filter, but it's that it's a sealed HEPA filter because if it's not sealed properly, the dust will still get out. And how much is the V6? I got mine refurbed for like 250 Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So you, you can find them, especially now because they're up to the V10 now. Right. So you can get like a V8 probably even now for, for a reasonable amount. Yeah. I mean, listen, Dyson is known for their quality. Speaking of Dyson, uh, you know, I was looking at some air filters and I know mm. you have the fancy... Uh, molecule fancy molecule yeah and i was curious uh if you had heard anything because i saw dyson had a uh fan that had a built-in air filter uh that could do heating and cooling and i was considering getting that because it also has the added benefit of, of a heater mm-hmm. uh for the winter and i was curious if you had heard anything about the quality of the Dyson air filters. So I have no doubt that it is a super high quality air filter. Ultimately, when you're buying most air filters on the market, you're paying uh, very similar to the vacuum cleaners. You're paying for the HEPA technology, which is essentially a mesh screen that captures dust as air is fanned through the device. So the question is, how is the air being fanned? So in terms of Dyson, they know fans really well. It's what they do well. So for that for that reason, it's one of the best it's one of the best filters on the market. I don't think it does anything from a technological perspective that's unique or outstanding. Now I have some friends that do use a, a Dyson air filter and they swear by it and they love it and they live in a, the environment that they're in is actually has a tendency towards mold and lots of dust so they, they really swear by it and it has these auto detect features where it'll turn on and up whenever necessary but when I was doing my research I the reason I like the molecule is because it it brings a different completely new technology to market the technology is called photoelectro uh, photoelectrochemical oxidation. So essentially what they promise to do is in addition to having a HEPA filter in it, it's also it has this light technology that's built into it where it is attacking the pollutants on a molecular level and disassembling them into harmless particles that come out the other side. So it's a double whammy. It's a HEPA filter on the one hand, but also it has this new technology that supposedly was originally developed by NASA. And then after NASA, it was refined and evolved by the molecule company. And they built this filter out of it. From my experience, I I'll, I actually want to do a whole separate episode reviewing molecule. I'm very happy with it. But again, anytime you're dealing with something that's making claims, you have to re- live in the reality that, you know, there's claims being made and I'm not doing particle counts on the air in my room. So I can't say with 100% certainty that it's the best filter on the market, especially yeah, 800 bucks. I, I think for me, the main reason why I was looking at Dyson is because it's not just an air filter. Um, right. So like when you're spending 500 bucks or more on a device, the more more utility you can get out of it, the better. So I think that's that's enough. I wanted to keep this episode short. This is our first hostful episode. How does it feel? We made it through, Josh. I feel like I'm now 
past my bedtime. 41 minutes past your bedtime, sir. Actually, an hour. I like to go to sleep before nine. Oh, boy. Well, wow. we thank you for your sacrifice. And as always, success is a good night's rest. Josh, is there anything you want to plug? Any final thoughts before you hit the sack? I mean, I'm excited to get a new bed and, and tell you guys about it. Feel like it look, I feel like I've done a lot of research. So I'm I'm eager to to test it out. I feel like it's going to be it's pretty good. So I'm excited. Oh, actually, let me jump in there. What what other things does someone look for when they're buying a bed? What are some of the? Uh, is there like a list of bullet points that somebody should be looking out for when they're purchasing a bed? A few different factors. So so one is I looked at durability. I think. Uh, and this was something I learned from from the mattress I have now is that, you know, just because when you lay on a mattress in the store or when you first get your mattress, it seems super comfortable. You know, there's no guarantee that six months from now or, or a year from now or, or maybe two years from now that you're, it's going to have that same comfort. So you want to have a good idea or, or a good sense that it's going to be durable, that it's going to last at least, you know, three to five years without any... Uh, without any wear or you even longer than that so definitely you want to look out for durability then for me then you want to look at you know depending on what type of sleeper you are you know i happen to my wife sleeps on her back and i sleep on my stomach so we're, we're opposite forms of sleeper so i need a firmer mattress she likes the softer mattress so you know we end up kind of meeting in the middle and getting like in this case i get the luxury firm which is which is 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 a little bit firmer but it still has like the pillow top so it feels soft then you got you want to look at how it does with temperature like a lot of the foam mattresses absorb body heat and and just get they get really hot they run really hot you know depending on if you sleep hot or you sleep cool you're going to want to be aware of how, of how that mattress is going going to affect your temperature what so, if, do they also absorb sweat it feels like you're sleeping on a giant sponge um yeah i mean uh, i've heard that i don't know the specifics um but you know definitely i've slept on some mattresses where it absorbs heat and they get really really hot and, and i don't find them comfortable so you want to at least for me i want a mattress that's going to run run cool and have have good temperature dissipation so you want to look for that the one that i was really interested in getting but it was a little pricey was the new purple mattress i don't know if you've heard of the purple mattress but it's got a different type of tech grid technology that it uses um but it runs really cool because of this because it's shaped like a grid so there's actually holes in the mattress uh but some of the reviews i read on the on the first version of the purple mattress was that after six months you start sinking right into it and they have a newer version that has some really great reviews but it's like it's 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 a little bit more pricey especially for one of these digitally native brands where you're expecting the price to be cheaper um and so you look at that you look at you also want to look at the um how the motion transfer so if if you sleep with another person in your bed you want something that absorbs most most of the motion so that if your partner is moving around you don't feel it and usually the foam mattresses are better at doing that but this mattress in particular was rated that i chose was rated well in motion transfer as well 
Well, good luck with your search, Josh. I'm very curious to see what you decide and what you settle on. Well, I told you, I've I've settled on the wink bed. So you're not doing the purple? Not doing no. The purple's too pricey for me. Podcast doesn't have enough uh, visitors yet. No. All right. Well, we'll no. we'll work on that. When we hit a thousand listeners, combined uh, or at, wait, at the same time? Do that. <laughs> that when we hit a million listeners, I'll consider getting the purple. I figure we could do that in about two or three months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We just gotta have exponential growth and at an exponential rate. Well, the advantage of being a sleep podcast is there's not too much competition out there. It's a pretty ambitious, but I think doable goal to become the second best sleep podcast in the world. Yeah. And I think the greatest selling point for our podcast is really like you can at the same time learn more about getting good sleep and also fall asleep listening to us because maybe we're boring. So it's a a win-win. And this is where we drop the mic, Josh. Done. (laughs) Good night. Thank you for listening to the Sleepist Podcast, our URL is sleep.ist. My name is Vlad. My personal blog is vladit.com. If you have any questions, please visit us at the Sleepist website. Drop us a line. Ask your sleep question. And remember, we are not doctors. We don't play them on TV. And anything you hear on this program should first be checked with your personal doctor. 